Aloha and welcome to Friday Night Kunani Patrol. I am your host, Mikuni Moon Sayak. In this episode, I interview Jacob Bilko. Jacob is a Polish Brazilian Jiu Jitsu brown belt, coach, and elite level athlete. In this episode, we discuss his Brazilian Jiu Jitsu journey, tips for aspiring martial artists, nutrition for vegan athletes, and a funny story of how BJJ quote-unquote saved his life. All of that and much more coming right up. Without further ado, let's get started. Friday night, Kunane Patrol. Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Kunani Patrol. This is Mikuni Munsak, your host, and we have here our guest, Coach Jacob Bilko. He is a brown belt in Brazilian <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu and one of my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu coaches. Coach Jacob, go ahead and uh, give the fans and followers a little bit of introduction of yourself, please. Yeah, hi everyone. My name is Jacob, and as Bikuni said, I am a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu coach slash competitor slash enthusiast. At least I used to be before uh, you know COVID ruined life for everyone. Uh, yeah, I've been doing Jiu-Jitsu since 2012, and uh, I've been uh, living in the Philippines for the last four years. I I was born in Poland. I've lived there my whole life. Then I moved here, uh, competed quite a bit. Have like a few, a bunch of medals uh, in my uh, closet. So it's not that I'm just, you know, uh, a, a typical um, guy who does this as a hobby. This used to be my passion. Of course, it's been put on hold for now. So at the moment, I'm focusing on just getting into the best shape of my life in my garage and, uh, you know, just uh, putting in the work and waiting for things to come back to normal. Nice. So I never got to ask you, ever since we've been training together, why Philippines? It wasn't my idea uh, originally because I came here with my ex-girlfriend. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah, actually, you did tell me about yeah. that. Yeah, 2017, I came here with my girlfriend. It was her idea. Uh, before before that, I you know I had no idea about the Philippines. I didn't even know where the Philippines was. I didn't know like is there even internet in the Philippines? Like do people speak English? <laughs> do people speak the Philippines, man, I had no idea. And she just wanted to move here because she went here on vacation and she enjoyed it. And I was like, well, you know, I've been living in Poland for 30 years. So maybe it's uh, a good time to, to change something in my life. And yeah, she, like I said, she's my ex-girlfriend. So Filipino girl or a Polish girl? No, no, she's, she was, she, I, she is Polish because I, I think Polish. she's still alive. Um, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but she's my ex, so yeah, we, we kind of uh, split along the way, and uh, yeah, I stayed here, and she just moved away somewhere. Did you know anyone here in the scene, in the jiu-jitsu scene, MMA scene, before you moved? Oh, man. Uh, actually, I was, like, trying to Google stuff before I came here. I was, like, on Google Maps looking at if there's, like, gyms, and I was on Facebook looking for gyms, and it was kind of hard to find stuff at first. Uh, but then, you know, when I came here, um, I did some more digging and, you know, that's how I ended up with, with my first team. Uh, I used to train in Green Hills, um, for like the first two years I've been here and then, you know, things happened and I, I, I switched teams. So, but yeah, but initially it was pretty like, uh, pretty crazy because I didn't know anything about anything and it was actually so hard to find information. I, I think it got better. 
uh, now here. But yeah, when I, when I first came in 2017, it was like very hard to like find stuff, at least for me. Crazy culture shock, right? Yeah, yeah. And the first thing I, I noticed was the traffic, like going from the airport <laughs> to, to the place we were staying. I was like, what is this? <laughs> for me, it was the uh, the running water situation, like how the table system, I never really got Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I came from the States. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, man. I remember one time I, I, I went to um, a gym in San Carlos in it's it's uh, in Negros, and I, I taught there. And you know, I went to the toilet, and there was just this bowl without a flush and, and a bucket and a towel. And I was like, "What do I do with this?" Yeah. So for those who don't know, I know people are listening. Um, in the Philippines, they don't really do too much of the toilet paper thing how they uh, use the bathroom is they just have a toilet bowl and then they have a, a bucket next to it with a, a little bucket inside you just have to scoop the water and then wash your ass with the freaking bucket and with your hand so that's the philippine system there yeah. yeah, so but the whole man, like I, I don't i don't do toilet paper anymore <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I have like ass washers and like i'm, I'm not going back i'm yeah, so, dude, bidets and ass washers are like next level, man. Like America needs yeah. to get on that because that toilet paper exactly. stuff, it just doesn't do the job anymore nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> like when I went to Poland, uh, um, 2019, I think December, and you know, yeah, I had to use the bathroom. I was like, I used the toilet paper. I was like, this is, I feel filthy. It doesn't filthy. feel right. <laughs> it's stuck. <laughs> it's stuck. Okay. Anyways, back to topic. So, why, um, when, and why Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? When and why? Oh, um, yeah. Basically, I was I started training Jiu-Jitsu in 2012, and before that, I was in in a place in my life where I wasn't really doing much, you know, physical activity. I was actually uh, smoking cigarettes pretty hardcore. I was drinking Mm -hmm. a lot. And I was generally out of shape and uh, I was partying, you know, the usual stuff when you're like in your early 20s, I guess everyone can relate to that. And, you know, one day I was thinking like, damn, this has to be like more to this because I feel like I'm so disgusting and I like, I don't really like myself the way I am. I feel like I'm, I'm like ruining my life and, you know, where am I going to be in five years? Am I going to have a heart attack already? Like I'm not even going to be 30 and I'm probably going to be like wrecked. So, so what I started doing is I quit smoking like cold turkey uh, and I started running to work because uh, my job was around like five kilometers away from my house. It was pretty funny because I didn't have any like special, you know, equipment for running and I didn't even have a backpack. So I just, uh, I would just run with my laptop bag over my shoulder I would just hold it and I would like run for five kilometers <laughs> and I would run to work and back to home. And I was like, it was pretty crazy, but that was like the, the, the moment I decided to change something. And then um, one of my friends who I used to hang out with said, Hey, you know, there's this gym uh, not so far away and they, I, w- I want to try Muay Thai. So you want to go with me? I was like, I guess. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's, let's, let's do it. And then I, I started training Muay Thai a bit. So I trained for, I guess, less than a year. And, uh, you know, while I was training there, of course, I saw people training jujitsu, And it seemed kind of weird because it was just a bunch of guys in these uh, weird pajamas, like, you know, sprawling on the floor. Um, and uh, the the story that kind of you know, pushed me towards jujitsu was that uh, we had a warm-up with, uh, with 
some of the jiu-jitsu people. It was like, uh, you know, uh, because the, the classes were, you know, uh, at the same time. So we had a warm-up with, with the jiu-jitsu people. I think it was a nogi class. So the coaches decided we should play like a version of rugby where, you know, you just run with the ball and, you know, tackle each other and like do a bit of wrestling, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember, you know, uh, running with the ball and this guy like tackles me down. He gets my back and he like locks in a rear naked choke. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is going on? And I was like, you know, holding on to dear life, even, even though it was like, you know, just, just, just to warm up. And he wasn't like going to like choke me out. Or anything. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, damn, I don't know what to do because this guy is hooks in. I'm like starting to choke and like I started panicking and then he started to go and I was like, damn. So is this what jiu-jitsu is about? And then, you know, I bought a gi and I went to my first class and eventually I stopped doing my time and just stuck with jiu-jitsu. So, so I guess I was introduced in a way that kind of like, 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 like the old school days, you know, the Gracies, they would like show a rear naked choke to people. And then people would ask, okay, but how do you, do you get out of the regular naked mm. choke? And they say, yeah, well, you got to come to class. class. Yeah, you got to <laughs> escape, man. Exactly. So I wanted to, I wanted to know how to defend myself from that because that was like a whole unexplored region to me. So when did you start becoming serious with uh, jujitsu training? Like when you first started, were you dedicated right away or did it take a while for you to actually make it a, a passion career thing? I guess... You could say um, I was pretty passionate from the start, but I think it took a while for me to kind of, for it to kind of make sense in my head, you know, because um, I, I got promoted to Blue Belt pretty quick. I got promoted to Blue Belt in six months. And uh, then I spent, you know, over three years at Blue Belt. And when I was at Blue Belt, I was training like crazy, but I didn't really... And I was also competing a lot at Blue Belt because I thought, okay, this is that I'm training a lot, so I'm going to compete. And I would compete like uh, every comp there was. I would just go on a train and just just go around Poland and, and compete. But I wasn't really like getting anything out of it. I wasn't really successful. I was like getting tapped out in my first fight or I would just lose my points, etc. So, so to me, it, it took a lot of time to actually... Um, for the, the pieces to kind of come together in my head. And I think that was also because of how I was training. You know, uh, we were doing a lot of drilling. So I would, uh, I would uh, come to gym before class and I would uh, drill moves with this, uh, with this dude who was a higher belt. And, um, you know, it was all just drilling, 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 drilling. So I think that was kind of counterproductive to my development. You know, because uh, I, I know you, if you want to get good at a movement, you got to, you know, train it, right? Yeah, that's what they say. But, yeah, from what I noticed in my uh, case, it's actually better if I spar a lot. So actually when I started, you know, rolling a lot more, you know, going to open mats and not going crazy with repeating the same move 50 times, I kind of, things kind of started um, clicking in my head, you know, when I was more focused on the concepts rather than, you know, raw techniques. And that's, you know, you know, you, you want to make classes, you know, that's actually what, what I kind of try to, uh, teach, right. Not to rely on like, uh, specific a, move C, but more of, yeah, the, exactly, concept. But like more of the concept, how things, how things work, you know, what to do and what to pay attention to. And that's like, I think that was like a, a kind of a changing moment. And, in terms of, you know, being 
like more serious about competing and being more successful. Actually, I think it only clicked when I came to the Philippines uh, because uh, I, for some reason, I was able to train more than maybe it's because people are lighter. So, you know, you don't have to lift heavy people yeah. over your head and you can spar a bit more. Um, relaxed. Yeah, relaxed. And I think, uh, you know, the general aura, you know, it's, it's, it's sunny, you get the vitamin D, you can recover a bit better maybe. So actually, I, I think my jiu-jitsu exploded for the second time when I came here because I was able to, to train so much and to actually, you know, spar so much. So as far as being optimal for like tournament, uh, tournament prep or competition, you would suggest more sparring so that people can get used to uh, the concepts and being comfortable in the different positions rather than just drilling move A, move B, move C. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're preparing for a comp, it's probably too late to change your game, right? You have, you've been working on that probably in, in the off season. You've been, you know, figuring out new moves and stuff like that. So before you compete, it's time to actually, you know, sharpen your tools. You probably have a bit of a weight to lose. So, you know, sparring is cardio. So that's also good losing weight, I guess. And I, I think, you know, yeah, before competition, it's, it's time for uh, more sparring and more, um, you know, situational spars, so mm. scenarios, right? Like you start from the feet, first points reset. You start from um, bottom uh, side control, you know, first points you reset, stuff like that, you know, because there's like situations like that are going to happen, and you know, sparring uh, in competition is is different than sparring in uh, training. So you got to oh, yeah. add that ele- element of like losing <clears throat> to training to actually. You know, kind of condition people for what's coming in the comp. Yeah, I get people in that that mindset to, to keep pushing the pace because sometimes people are a little bit too relaxed when they're training, and then when it comes time for competition, and then the pace gets pushed, they were like, "Oh, I wasn't ready for that." Type exactly. Deal. I've been, I've been, I've been there also. Like you know, I've been, you know, I've competed a lot, and I've been the the, the first time I competed uh, ever was when I was a white belt. It was I think I was training for four months. And uh, I remember I was competing in, in heavy, so that was I was 94 kilograms in the gi, and uh, there was no one in my division, so I got bumped up to minus 100. And I was competing against this dude, and he was like so heavy, and he just crushed me, and I lost my points. I luckily I didn't get submitted because that would be like a terrible blow to my ego, of course. <laughs> but, you know, you know, I wasn't used to that kind of intensity before because this guy was going like. Crazy, oh, just like bending me, right? And I was like, "Damn, this is this is the real thing, right?" So I guess, yeah, you gotta condition yourself to be ready for that. So it's like a fine line. Like you should be chill during like flow sparring, but if it's competition prep, you need to simulate that intensity. It's absolutely necessary. I think so. Yeah, but there's also people who can, you know, if you watch Gordon Ryan compete, right? Mm-hmm. He's so he's, chill. He's chill like 100 percent of the time. Yeah. He just he's not even he's not even pushing the pace because no. like what he said, he inhibits the movements, right? So I guess that's if you take him and compare him to like Gary Tonnen, who's like always pushing, always, moving, transitioning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like they 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 train the same the same team, but they have completely different um, different styles games. So yeah. I guess you know it's good to have your own, but you have to remember that. You, if you want to uh, do good in competition, you got to train for a competition and you just got to compete a lot. Yeah. I think you got to do, you got to do both. You got to have both because you got to know how to flow 
but you also got to be ready to test your cardio if necessary. Yeah. Would you, would there be like a, a, like a perfect amount of time that you would suggest like a white belt, like how long they should train before they compete type of deal? Or is it kind of just based on their comfortability, their confidence? Well, like I said, I was training for about like four months. Yeah, that's pretty before, quick. Before competed. But you gotta, you gotta remember that, you know, uh, white belt, you can be a white belt for two years. You can be a white belt for four months and you're going to compete against each other. Right. So that's going to be a huge difference. And unless you have some sort of hidden natural talent, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to beat a guy who's uh, been, been training longer than you. Uh, well, I, I guess also, it also depends, but in white belts, you know, if you're not familiar with the moves and you're, you're still pretty awkward, then it's going to be hard to beat someone who's uh, been training longer than you, unless, unless, you know, there's something wrong with their training and they're not really that, that good. So I wouldn't stick to, you know, uh, a specific time frame for when you should compete. You just got to be uh, kind of comfortable with yourself. And uh, first competition is always probably the most stressful. So, but even if you lose, you know, the, I think it's still worth it. Yeah, it's a, I think it's 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 good to compete, you know, from the start, from white belt to to whatever belt you are now, you know, and just whenever you're you're you know comfortable and you feel like you can you can do something, and then maybe you can get a bit of encouragement from your coach to compete. It's just worth it. Yeah, there's nothing that can uh, simulate like the actual experience, like especially the pre-fight jitters and yeah. That the whole thing. It's something you got to get used to on its own. <laughs> exactly. So this whole podcast is about optimal human performance. So as a jujitsu athlete, what were some things that you were doing to optimize your performance in in competition? Well, uh, you know, for sure, it's uh, making sure that you recover from your training currently. <laughs> Amen. So, Preach, yeah. Brother. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, there's so many things that go into that, um, you know, uh, nutrition. I, I see a lot of guys in the Philippines, especially they train, they want to be good, but, you know, they drink, they don't really watch their diet, they smoke. So, you know, in my opinion, it's also about kind of setting um, realistic expectations. If you don't want to put in, you know, if you don't want to put in all, all the pieces for your training, you can't expect to be a champion, right? Ooh, so, nice. Yeah, right, because there, there, there's guys who say, yeah, oh, I want to be like this, this, I want to win this, 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 and this, and then, you know, uh, their diet is crap, uh, every weekend they get wasted, and they smoke cigarettes after they train, etc. So, not really, you know, the, the kind of devotion uh, that's uh, required to be like a high-level competitor. You can still, you know, you can still treat it as a hobby, but, you know, don't expect, like, champion results if you're, you're like, amateur prep for for you know wise for words whatever you're doing right so yeah nutrition uh of course you know getting enough sleep it's uh, probably like the second most important thing because well i'm i'm like i, I actually you know i've been uh working on that myself of course sometimes i'm not able to to get enough sleep because of uh i, I work you know with, with clients from the states so there is a huge time difference oh between us. man and i have calls that sometimes finish past 12 in the night so some i have days in the week where i'm not really like feeling too good but i still you know get up and, and do something because uh i know that okay in, in two days i can 
sleep a bit longer so I can maybe recover a bit better. But I just don't wanna don't wanna lose it. And then, you know, um, just being consistent. Also, uh, another thing that's lacking with a lot of people is they, you know, they they keep talking about competing and and doing this and that and getting a a, a higher belt and then they just uh, show up once a week and like. Dude, it's all about setting your expectations to like a realistic level. Unless you're like some sort of super freak talent, like you can't really, you know, out train uh, a bad diet, uh, a bad uh, recovery, and uh, you know, just you can't just not show up to training. I see. It's that quote: "Like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard." Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I think I'm the best example because I don't feel like I'm super talented. I just had to. I don't think I'm super talented at anything. I, I always have to work twice as hard to even keep up with people. So I I feel this. I really feel this. Amen. Yeah, same here, man. Like I didn't know anything about jujitsu when I first got here to the Philippines. I was completely against it, but uh, once I actually started liking it and wanted to learn more, I just Every moment I had, I was researching, and then every time I could link up with you and Coach Jerry, I was training with you guys. So that's definitely I attribute all that consistency to a lot of the success that I have now. So I absolutely agree. <clears throat> um, any words of wisdom for upcoming jujitsu athletes or even mixed martial artists in general? I, mean, uh, I think it kind of boils down to what I said before that you gotta you gotta want it right because like i mean it's fine to have a hobby it's fine to treat it as a hobby just like don't expect you know too much right if 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 you really want it then you gotta want it so bad that people are gonna think that you're you're crazy crazy right? don't yeah, expect championship right. results if you're not willing to put in a championship effort something like that right? yeah exactly that's 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 the thing if you if you want to be like super good at something you gotta be obsessed like like uh you know the goal find what you love and let it kill you man amen Amen. Uh, any crazy stories that you had, like with jujitsu, something like worth sharing, either with jujitsu or with your travels, or just something, something for the listeners. Oh man, I don't really, because uh, <laughs> I don't really know, uh, because I think it's not like a good example. But you know, people say that you know jujitsu can actually you know, save save you when you're in a street fight. And I don't really like the idea of, of street fights, but I was I was in a street fight once after we started training jiu-jitsu. It was kind of funny. Um, I mean, funny and kind of sad also. And I don't really, I'm not really sure if this, this is a good example, but I'm just going to say it anyway, because I was younger. I was a lot younger. Okay, if it's good, I'm, we'll I'm keep not saying, it. If not, we'll, we'll take it out. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's, uh, that it's uh, like, uh, I'm not saying that I'm smarter now by any means, but maybe I'm, I'm a bit more, you know, more adult about it so basically um i think uh we were out and about um you know just going around uh, some bars because uh why not and i remember there uh was uh some sort of some sort of uh commotion going on and it was this dude who was just like insulting another guy and, and you know i usually try to mediate stuff like this i'm just like uh, i'm trying to you know uh you know, de-escalate stuff because, you know, it's, 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 people can get hurt. Uh, it's pretty dangerous, especially if people are drunk. That's not, mm-hmm. that's not good. Right. So yeah, we, we were starting to, to, I was starting to talk to the, to the guy and he was like very, very violent. 
And, uh, you know, uh, things got kind of heated and <laughs> I ended up armbarring him. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I ended up armbarring a guy on the street of, of Warsaw in the middle of the night, you know, in front of, in front of I think, 30 people. Uh, and, yeah, it's not something I'm proud of. It was just like, it was in the moment and, you know, I was, I was still a blue belt back then, mm. right? And um, he, he, yeah, he started crying. So that was uh, double sad. And uh, later, uh, when the whole thing just kind of uh, cooled down, it turned it turned out that the guy I was defending uh, from that dude I armbarred was his brother. So basically, <laughs> they were having just uh, they were having this awkward drunk kind of fight. Uh-huh. But I thought it was serious because the, the dude was saying some really like crazy stuff and I, I thought he's gonna like hurt him and it turned out that they were just brothers and uh-huh. you know i i armbarred a dude in, in, <laughs> near a nightclub in warsaw in front of like 30 people it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's that's a really crazy story and like you know i would have probably felt better if, if if he was just some random you know jock who just harasses people but yeah, they probably went back to the same house, you know, and I just oh, like, man. okay. <laughs> and well, at least you had the right intentions. You had good intentions. You were trying to. Yeah, you know, you know, it ends. You, always, you always have good intentions and then it turns out as usual, right? <laughs> you armbarred his bro and they were just having like a sibling bickering thing. <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah, I guess maybe that's a thing in their family. They just like enjoy a good put down, like really hardcore put down. <laughs> this is in Poland, right? Yeah, I was in Poland, yeah. So oh, yes. if you don't know, you know, uh, Polish people, when they're like drunk, they sometimes get super, super weird and violent and, you know, obscene. So that's, that's I think that's kind of a, a, a trait. Hmm. Uh, also, one of the reasons why I stopped drinking alcohol, like altogether, like a few years ago. So basically, yeah, because I don't want to, I don't know if I have that side, but I don't want to find out. Don't want to find out, yeah, <laughs> rather not, yeah, it's all good. One thing I want to go uh, into before we end this, vegan, veganism, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who are also vegan as well who want to optimize their nutrition. So um, from what I know, it's it's more difficult. It's not impossible, but it's definitely more difficult as far as getting um, the proper amount of nutrition uh, as a vegan. So what are some strategies? Hold on, mind that siren. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good yeah, some strategies that you have, um, things that you practice to get all the nutrition that you need uh, as an athlete, as a vegan athlete. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good question. Actually, I, I, I'm working, you know, on, on vlogging a bit. So I'm probably going to also do like a video about what I eat in a day. But in the meantime, like I, I kind of have a system um, for what I eat. Uh, I also have this, um, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, being vegan is uh, elitist, expensive, and like, you know, you're just a rich white guy, so you can just afford, uh, (laughs) you can afford all your vegetables in this uh, third world country. So, (laughs) I mean, I I still, you know, I buy some expensive stuff that's, well, it's only expensive because it's imported, you know, like frozen Mm -hmm. berries are very Mm -hmm. expensive here, like, you know, like, uh, uh, like stuff that you have to bring from abroad is expensive but i have like like a strategy because i pretty much stick to similar foods every day um but uh my main goal is usually to keep up my uh you know uh vitamins and minerals at at, at adequate levels i don't really take no vitamin supplements at the moment 
So I use a chronometer to track that. And basically I just want to make sure that I'm getting, you know, enough of specific vitamins and minerals per day, because I can get my protein, carbs, and my fats, you know, very easy because, uh, you know, just eat a brick of tofu a day and that's like 50 grams of protein already. So, uh, you know, it's, it's all good, but I think, uh, it's good to stick to like a specific meal plan and, you know, not over complicate things because you can make any diet as expensive as you want, right? If you're just going to buy, I don't know, certified organic lettuce that costs like, you know, I don't even know how much that will cost 500 pesos per head. I have no idea. You know, you can basically make anything as expensive as you want. So just stick to the basics and make sure that you're getting enough of, you know, the vitamins and minerals that you require. If you need to supplement, supplement, because, you know, sometimes maybe you're limited by something like you don't really eat, you know, you don't like seaweed. So you need iodine in your diet. So you can, you know, supplement that or like you're, short on omegas you can also supplement that right i mean i don't know if people have problem with vitamin d here i know there's there's a lot of sun but i know that 40 percent americans are deficient i think so so i I'm, I'm actually not sure about that and and also like i don't like cooking <laughs> i mean i like cooking but i don't like spending too much time in the kitchen so usually so usually i just do like a bowl of stuff i just air fry my tofu for protein some rice something green like frozen uh, broccoli uh, some Chinese cabbage you know some beans some nutritional yeast some flax seeds on top and some seaweed and I'm, I'm good it's it's like it's so simple and it doesn't it takes me like half an hour to prepare all of that and I can just go on with my day so just to keep it simple and you know make sure that you're getting enough stuff that you really need so you talked more about vitamins and minerals rather than the macronutrients. So what are the main vitamins and minerals that you try to prioritize to get uh, vitamin D? What, what were the other ones? Well, the, 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 the vegan killer is vitamin B12 usually, right? That, because that's uh, usually found in animal products, you know, dairy and, and meat. So um, for that, you know, I usually um, buy fortified plant milks also that have added vitamin D and B12 and some calcium in them. So that's one source. Nutritional yeast is a good source of vitamin B12 also because, uh, yeah, it, it has vitamin B12. Um, and also, yeah, I do have like a multivitamin and I have a vitamin D supplement also, but I don't necessarily take it. I take my multivitamin on like days where I, I'm too lazy to like take care of my diet, right? <laughs> But you know, you know, a crappy diet with a multivitamin is just a crappy diet with a multivitamin. <laughs> you still should, you still should get, you know, your vitamins from your food because that's how it was intended to be, right? Amen. Yes. So yeah. So you talk about basics. I mean, from what I've noticed a lot with people is they don't even know about what the basics are. So as far as macronutrients, like what are your, so macronutrients people are your carbs, your proteins, and your fats. Yeah. So you need to, you should have these things in your meals every time in order to maximize the amount of uh, nutrients you can get. So for a vegan, um, what are your main sources of carbs? What are your main sources of protein? Just to, for the listeners so that they can maybe add it to their grocery. Yeah, I'm actually like, I actually think you should eat all, all the carbs. I eat a lot of carbs because I don't really feel good when I don't eat carbs. And I Amen. think, you know, uh, 
people people kind of mistake mistake carbs with you know refined sugar so that's the problem they say oh you should cut off cut off carbs and what they really think is that you should cut out the, the refined sugar but they think they shouldn't eat like potatoes or rice right so no that, that's not the case so i try to every day i eat you know bananas uh, i eat frozen berries like i like i said before uh recently i've been doing like a lot of papaya i eat like half a papaya a day with my oatmeal for breakfast and that's super good uh, very high in vitamin a um and uh i eat a lot of oatmeal also every day i have oatmeal for breakfast so that's also uh solidistic carbs a lot of iron and that uh i do eat bread like once a day like just toasted bread with some peanut butter and some more bananas um as for protein um you know, tofu is probably my main source. I eat like a brick a day of, I go for firm tofu because it's denser. So it has more protein. You get more bang for your buck and tofu is pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. And there's so many, so many different kinds, so many different, um, you know, hardness levels that you can find something that you actually like. Uh, apart from that, you know, plant milks, like I said, fortified. Uh, I do mostly, you know, soy milk. Um, but there's other options. There's, unfortunately, you know, the nut milks are pretty expensive. Like let's say soy milk is 60 something pesos. I don't know how much that is in dollars, probably a dollar something. Uh, then, you know, almond milk is like 150 pesos per carton. So it's like three times the price. Um, but you don't have to drink, uh, you know, almond milk. Just make sure that your milk is fortified with something extra in it. Um, yeah. And sometimes I will do, uh, you know, like a textured vegetable protein, like the soya chunks, stuff like that, but not too often uh, because, you know, tofu is kind of my favorite uh, thing to eat for protein. I don't really eat a lot of mock meats. Uh, I know that people think, I, I guess maybe that's the reason people think, you know, being vegan is pretty expensive because they think you have to buy veggie burgers and veggie nuggets and you know all that stuff like every week but i don't really eat a lot of that stuff i am i will have it like once every two or three weeks because yeah it's it's still you know the fact that it's made of plants doesn't mean that it's super healthy it's still like processed food right it's it's just processed plant food that's all there is to it right yeah so i would say you know uh People say that, you know, it's hard to get vegan food, but vegan food is basically fruits and vegetables mostly, right? So I don't think it's that hard to go to a market or a palenque to, you know, uh, get some fruits and vegetables, right? To be honest, you know, people are... Go ahead, sorry. Continue, continue. Uh, Yeah, yeah. People are so worried about, you know, protein because, you know, oh, you gotta, you're going to be deficient in protein. But when you ask them, okay, so how much protein do you need at least to, you know, uh, keep it up and they are not able to answer that question because they know what the minimum requirements are so they even they don't even know how much protein they're getting they just have this you know uh, thing in their head that you have to eat you know animal products because otherwise you're just going to be protein deficient and yeah for those of you guys who don't know coach jacob is about like six to 200 plus pounds so he's a big boy and he's vegan so six he doesn't Six one, six one, two hundred plus pounds. So just because you're vegan doesn't mean you're gonna lose weight and get all shriveled or anything. Because that's what a lot of people yeah, think. Yeah, it's just the fact that if you eat adequate calories, that it doesn't matter. Like you're not gonna, you know, get small. It's just a matter of eating your food, actually. 
eating real food. Um, that is it for today. And just want to do any shout outs um, before we go? Um, I guess I want to, you know, uh, give a shout out to everyone I've trained before back in Mandela because, yeah, I moved to the province last year. So to any one of you guys listening, you know who you are. I miss you. I miss uh, breaking your legs and I hope I can do it again sometime soon when this mess is over. Ah, speaking of the people that you're reaching out to, they had some questions for you. Hold on. They had some questions. <laughs> is there anyone who was able to submit you? When was it? And what belt were you on? <laughs> Damn. It's not, I think, I feel, I feel like there's like this misconception that I'm not. That you're untappable. <laughs> you, you caught me two times in training. Oh, don't don't tell anyone, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I'm not like I'm not I'm not you know afraid of that. It's like I've been tapped out so many times in my life that it's it's really hard to forget. Like even here when I came here, uh, like I went to Singapore and I got uh, submitted by the same dude twice uh, in uh, ADCC, uh, one time in my division and one time in the absolute. Then uh, I think the other time I competed in Singapore, I also got submitted in the finals of, of the of the absolute. So it, it's not like stop making this stuff up. I mean, it's not like I'm some sort of uh, you're a, you know, you're a BJJ uh, god over here in the Philippines, man. You tower over <laughs> everyone. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like that. I'm not a, I'm not afraid to like you know admit that somebody submitted me. I'm like it's 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 just it's just weird that people are like. Oh, like <laughs> Who uh, tapped you up ever? Like, <laughs> notes? Okay, the next one was who is your BJJ hero in terms of footlocks? Oh damn, that's a good question because uh, actually, you know, I, when I started learning about uh, footlocks, I watched a lot of Dean Lister's videos on it, and you know, um, then also uh, Eddie Wolverine. I guess he was like the kind of an OG. Cummings, from, any Cummings, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The OG guy from from Danaher's uh, crew, and then of course John Danaher when he came to the Philippines. I went to the seminar. Of pretty, pretty amazing. Got a picture with him. And <laughs> so there's proof. <laughs> so you know, I, I don't. You know, uh, I follow a lot of guys, and even you know, if you if you just browse Instagram randomly and just search for leglocks, there's so much good stuff here. But yeah, I guess the let's OG narrow it down. Top Instagram. three. Top three. Yeah, probably Dean Lister, um, Eddie Cummings, and Donaher. And the third one, probably John Donaher. Yeah, I mean John doesn't compete, but you know he's still a legend of his own, man. He he he's the he's the the mastermind. He revolution him and Dean Lister revolutionized the footlock game for sure. Yeah. Okay, we got another question. What's your game plan against Adesanya on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually very funny because uh, the other, like, I think a, a month ago, um, I went with my uh, girlfriend to the bank and we had to fill up this form, you know, <laughs> before you go in because COVID. And uh, the guard was asking my, my, my girlfriend in Tagalog, like, oh, so where is he from? Uh, and my girlfriend was like, oh, he's from Poland. And the guard was like, oh, he's not American? Oh, they all look the same. So I guess, you know, there is some merit to that, like, you know. Asians looking the same. White people look all the same to Asians, I guess. 
Hey, legit though, you do have similarities to to Jan Jan Blakovich, so that's not a racist remark I mean, either. It's legit. You kind of do look like. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's funny, you know, because. <laughs> okay, is there anything else? Legit questions on here? No, everyone else is just giving you crap. Uh, all right, well, that's about it, uh, Coach Jacob. Again, thank you for your time, man. I really appreciate it, and I hope that uh, everyone who's listening can uh, get something, some golden nuggets of wisdom from this talk between us. And uh, yeah, I'll just catch you uh, our next training session. Hopefully that's going to be sometime soon, huh? Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. And I can't wait to listen to this. Yeah, me too, man. I'll definitely keep you posted as soon as I I post it. Yeah. Sure. All right, Coach. Thanks thanks again, man. I'll uh, keep up with you. Thank you. Keep in touch. Yeah, for sure. Thanks a lot. Mahalo for listening to another episode of Friday Night Kunani Patrol. Feel free to follow my journey at Kunani Patrol on Instagram and Mikuni Moonsayak on Facebook. Also, please comment one thing that you learn from this podcast episode on either my Instagram or Facebook accounts. Lastly, if you wish to support my journey, please click on the Ko-Fi link in the podcast description. All funds will go towards creating more content to help you all live your best lives. This is Mikuni Munsaya signing out. Aloha. Friday night, Kunane Patrol.